Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 371 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. Floris Ion is off on assignment this week, so I'm doing a solo this week. Yes, I know, always disappointing, uh, but think how I feel about this. No, I mean, just, you know, in general, think about how I feel about anything, uh, because I, I've, I think I have really good feelings about a lot of things. Uh, not that I'm a not that I'm an aspirational sort of personality, but I, I I like to think that I have a certain perspective on the world. Okay, well, we're getting off track already, and we're only about uh, two minutes in. Eh, don't worry, we can we can we can fix this. So yeah, uh, Flo is off. Uh, she'll be back next week with uh, I'm sure a lot of news to share with all of us. Uh, so you get me uh, to talk about things that are kind of inside my transom this week, in addition to the regular Google news. So. Uh, first of all, I apologize if I'm a little off my game because see, normally when I'm sitting down to do the material podcast, I'm, I know that uh, I'm on video chat with flow. So I'm usually, you know, I, I try to look presentable, whereas it's still hot. Uh, it's still like humid and muggy and really nasty. And I'm recording this at the end of a very, very long day as usual. And the thing is I can be a slob. Like I know I, I'm, you can't see me, but I, I'm in audio form. I'm a slob here. I know I'm not going to describe how I'm dressed. I'm not going to describe whether or not I've shaved or if I did, how long ago it's been. I'm, I'm not sure I like it. it's, it's, it's kind of like that one time in high school where I wore a t-shirt to, to school. And for some reason, I just felt like uncomfortable all day long because I was not like a t-shirt to high school sort of kid. I know it makes absolutely no sense, but here's another thing. Here's another thing that's decades out of rate and will also sort of not make any sense. It's got me thinking about Jerry Lewis, believe it or not, because now he was a a pretentious fool for a lot of reasons. Okay. (laughs) He's, he's dead. Okay. He's, we, we can, we can talk about the dead this way. Can we? Yeah, we can talk about this this way. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he was earnest. He was hardworking. He believed in the work that he was doing. But oh my goodness, he had his head up his butt about so much of his work, and it was so pretentious. And so uh, he was at the height of his career. And to give him credit, there was a point at which he had like the number one record, the number one movie, the number one TV show, the number one like club act. He was like the top of the very very top. He was the Tom Cruise. Only not only the opposite of coolness uh, when it comes to uh, what he was actually doing, and so they thought, uh, and so uh, an, a TV network decided let's give him a late night talk show, and boy, you give a person like Jerry Lewis an amazing amount of power, and he will just latch on to it and just turn it into something really startling. And one of the things that he insisted upon is that not only would he be wearing a tuxedo as the host of the show, but he insisted that every person on stage be in a tuxedo. I don't mean the announcer. I don't mean, I I mean uh, like the camera operators, the sound people, the producers, the people like the holding the scripts, everybody had to be in formal wear. And his argument here was that, you know, what you don't understand is what being in a tuxedo elevates people's performance. They, 
understand the gravity and the seriousness of the work that they're and it's like oh for heaven's sakes they're operating a camera they don't they don't need to be hot and itchy on top of all the technical stuff they have to manage but i'm i'm sort of seeing that right now because i do feel like i'm going to be a little bit off my game but Actually, that's okay because we're going to be off our game anyway because, again, we are without flow. So uh, I have to chat with myself for the opening chat segment, but that's okay because I have a lot. I have a couple of things that I kind of wanted to talk about that uh, I'm a little bit upset because, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm at that point when, with my Google Home Mini where I feel as though trying to get this thing to work again is costing me something in human dignity and that if I were to cast this device to the land of ghosts and winds permanently, it would be some sort of a moral and emotional victory over, I acknowledge, a completely inanimate object. Well, I've, I've had it unplugged for about a month while I was moving things around. and finally uh, found a new place to put it, tried to get it set up again, and it absolutely wouldn't work. Uh, got, got the Google Home app working as usual but it would not it would it could see it but would say oh this needs to be reconfigured reconfigured i have no idea what reconfigured means but the procedure that the help page took me to made it very clear that reconfiguring this is not something that this google home mini was going to let me do so okay that's fine i'll I'll just reset it to factory settings that'll probably clear whatever problems there now this is where i kind of bumped my head against one of the major annoyances of trying to fix things when uh, a designer decides to be too clever about a basic feature like a factory reset what i'm hoping for is to see like a recessed button on the bottom of the device that i have to get a pin or a paperclip or whatever to physically a physical button that i have to hold down to make that reset happen what i actually was supposed to do was simply tap the touch surface in the middle of it and hold that for a good three or four seconds now the problem with that is that that's being that feature is being controlled by software and I'm having a software problem with this device, so it's unlikely to actually work, isn't it? And certainly it, it didn't. Uh, after a little bit of digging, I found that fortunately there was like a more like brute force Hessian aggression way to induce a factory reset. It's silly. <laughs> so you have to un- you, you, you plug it in. Then you take the power, uh, power adapter that's plugged into the Nest Mini. You unplug it. Wait 10 seconds, plug it back in again until the lights come back on. Then you unplug it again, wait another 10 seconds, and you repeat that 10 or 11 times in a row until it starts flashing colored lights to acknowledge that, okay, I'm going to reset myself right now. And as I'm sitting there on the sofa, comfortably on the sofa, I've got a beverage handy. I've got a a nice video going on the TV. I am a place of, of very, very little suffering, but nonetheless... I feel like kind of a dork. I feel like I feel like somewhere there is there are engineers at Google campus observing this in some way, shape, or form, having a good laugh at my expense, not believing that they actually got people to do this when again, a simple push button switch could have been much, much better. Maybe I do have sort of a persecution complex that could be an illustration of what we're talking about here. But it's the, it, this is this is why the, the the human dignity part of this kept mounting and mounting and mounting. The stuff that I'm forced to keep on doing to try to get this thing 
functional. It's a, it's a very simple, simple thing. Why is it not working? So, it, so, but glory be, it, I got it working again. I was able to find it with Google home. Google home was able to actually set it up and put it back on my network and put it back in the room and make it a working smart speaker again. But of course, yesterday I got the, once again, started saying connect to, I need to, I need to be, I need to be configured, download the Google home app. Like, okay, I know about the Google home app. You're telling me nothing new here. And once again, I'm arguing with an inanimate object. I'm aware of that, but this is this is this is part of part and part and parcel of when you live alone. You have to have conversations with inanimate objects just to make sure that you're keeping the software and the hardware not of this device, but of your own body uh, for uh, English communication actually working. So it just it just put me in a in a dilemma where I feel now as if. I could do the hokey pokey and turn uh, the, it is, it is like the hokey pokey. You put the, put the power jack in, you take the power jack out, you wait 10 seconds, then you put it on again. I, I, I feel as though I, I will have lost something if I actually go through this again. I know that's silly. This is, you're, you're getting a good discussion about anthropology, sociology, and psycholo- psychology when it comes to debugging the simple $30 device that probably, I, th- I think I actually got it free uh, with my, as a subscription to a subscriber to Google one. See, it's like, I don't want to go through this again, just to have to go through it again. Do you know what I mean? So instead of actually fixing it and resetting it once more last night, uh, I just found myself thinking, I'm going to go on Google and go, go all on all these developer pages and see if what kind of really cool hardware hacks might be possible for this device. Yes. Uh, it's 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 almost like i drew a line in the in the sand like no you know 29 $29 device that got for free you are not going to order me around to sit there and do that silly hokey pokey routine once a week just to keep you running i am going to inflict my will upon you i'm going to do silly things to you and see how you like it uh, see i was hoping that because this thing has been around for a couple of years now, someone has come up with a hardware hack to just turn it into a plain Bluetooth speaker. I know it does have a Bluetooth mode if it's functioning, but I, I was wondering if there was a way that you could put in uh, your own Bluetooth module, patch it in somewhere, and would just take advantage of the built-in amp and the built-in speaker, that kind of stuff. Or if there's anything else cool you could do with it, uh, best case, maybe someone has come up with custom firmware that you could sideload into it to make it do something really much more interesting than just simply be a smart speaker. And it turns out that no, no one's made any headway about this whatsoever. I did find one blog post from someone who had definitely knew what he was talking about, but wasn't able to really sideload much of anything onto the device. So that's strike one. Also looking at multiple teardowns, it was clear that uh, this was not de- this was not designed as a hackable device. This was designed as a practical, functional device to look very, very tidy and smart in a small package and be able to uh, be manufactured and sold for thirty dollars, forty dollars. It wasn't designed with like pogo pins and like socketed chips you could simply remove and then put back in again. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it right now. I get it. I got it for free, and for that reason, it gives me a certain amount of freedom to. Well, there's no sunk cost in this, except for again, sunk dignity. And you know, it, it would be kind of fun to take it apart. Taking things apart is always fun. The only drudgery part is putting them back together again and expecting it to work. But if I've already decided that this thing is going to be an inert <laughs> piece of uh, non-functional artwork on my desk. And maybe I can have some fun taking it apart and just poking at it. Maybe I could reuse the case for some of my embedded controller projects. Maybe I could, maybe the speaker's good for something. I don't know. But even so, that's 
uh, I don't know. That seems immature. And it also seems unacceptable. I'm not, uh, my position on like e-waste and uh, not polluting and not putting more things into landfills. I have to admit that I'm, I'm a little bit cynical when it comes to that, because I think that, yes, we can all switch to paper straws instead of plastic drinking straws. Meanwhile, Exxon is allowing a pipeline in the Gulf of Mexico to spew 10 kajillion gallons of crude oil into the bay, into into the ocean like every single day because that loss of, uh, of, of crude oil costs less than actually fixing the problem. And so you kind of feel silly for having this really inadequate sipping device in your house instead of a piece of plastic that does the job quite well. And sometimes I feel like, well, yeah, I'm not going to destroy the world by just throwing out this $30 uh, smart speaker. But it is offensive in some way that it is the electronics are all good. The speaker is good. Everything's good. There's just some bizarre, unholy bad day that the software is having inside this thing that's causing it to not do the job for which it was very, very nicely designed. And it's offensive to just chuck it out because you can't fix it. You can't update it. And at some point, the designers and the vendors of this device are counting on you just giving in, giving up and just saying, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to put any more time, money, or effort into this. I'm going to either do without it or buy a new one. It's kind of ironic because uh, I did my radio show this morning, or excuse me, yesterday morning, and uh, someone uh, got in touch and actually wanted to thank me for talking about uh, Chrome OS Flex the last time and saying, oh, yeah, I got I had this uh, this old laptop that was perfectly good, and but thanks to you and thanks to Chrome Flex, I have now this really great uh, laptop that I really love, and I'm, it's being used again, and it's being useful. Thanks so much. It was a great tip. And it's like, my God, I, I, we keep praising Google for doing such a good job of providing amazing software and services for free. And I do think that Chrome Flex is not only something that, of course, helps Chrome OS's business, but also it's a real gift to the world because there are all these old computers out there and it is offensive that you have this perfectly functional $2,000 laptop that is only non-functional because Microsoft or Apple decided to render it unfunctional or decided through negligence or ignorance or apathy to simply render it unfunctional. That's offensive. There should be a way to fix this. And I know this is a bit, again, a bit of a rant on a smart speaker that I never didn't pay any extra money for, but I feel like I have to hold on to it until I find a way to fix it, reset it, or turn it into something wonderful that will acknowledge the amount of functional circuitry and potential that's inside this thing and justify the amount of oxygen that it displaces in my house. You see, and that's the last thing. <laughs> that's the last factor about all of this because I can register a win by throwing this thing out. I don't mean by being a child saying, eh, guess what? I'm going to throw you away. I'm going to smash you with my hammer. Yeah. So there, you don't own me. You don't rule me. I'm talking about just clutter. Yeah. And I am the sort of person who does hold on to things because, oh my God, there must be a good speaker in there. Oh my, oh my God, there must be like a good uh, antenna system in there. There must be something or uh, what, what 
ever since I started getting into uh, Arduinos and uh, Raspberry Pis, like, oh my God, that's a beautiful, like, I know it's broken, but it's a beautiful case that maybe someday I'll do like a, uh, a Raspberry Pi Zero powered smart speaker, or maybe I'll, it's like, okay, yeah, but you know what? Maybe at one point you'll grow wings and fly too, Andy. And until then, you'll be, it'll be one other thing in this huge box full of junk that is, again, displacing air from your not terribly large home. Perhaps you can score this as a win by saying that I have no use for this anymore. I'm disposing of this. So uh, maybe the best thing I can do simply is to uh, put it in a nice, like a, a nice Ziploc bag with the with a power adapter. Put a, a strip of like masking tape on the side of it that says "free" and just leave it outside. Now, someone I could pass the curse on to somebody else is what I'm saying. Now, I never said that it was a working thing. What they're expecting, it's a free thing. Just like I shouldn't expect this thing to work because I got it for free. But nonetheless, it'll be out of my house, and the curse will be on someone else's shoulders. And you know what? I'm not going to be arrogant for for all I know. Maybe it's somebody who's smarter than I am about such things. Maybe it is someone who knows exactly that, oh, well, there's a software update that you have to sideload and here's how you do it. Or maybe it's someone who is more more savvy on electronics and, and embedded controllers who will actually turn into a wonderful interactive disco unicorn light. I'm just making up words right now. So yeah, it's so I'm what I'm what I'm trying to justify here is that I'm not being evil here. I'm not trying to curse somebody else with a piece of broken technology. I am trying to give someone the opportunity of a free piece of broken technology. Uh, still it would have been very, very nice to get that working again. Well, we'll be back after this. We've got a few quick things to talk about, a few quick and humble pieces of Google news. Uh, and also, Apple has released a really, really slick video trying to convince people that, hey, here are all the questions that you might have as an Android user if you're thinking about switching to iPhone, and I'm going to answer all of them for you. So let's take a look at that together and react. This is a, uh, I'm not ready to be one of those YouTubers who has reaction videos yet, but I'm going to ease into it by being a reaction podcaster and see how that that works out. So we'll get into all of that after the break. Well, it was a pretty moderate week in terms of Google and Alphabet news. Nothing so good or so bad that it leapt to the top of uh, of the national awareness. So this is not crisis mode or uh, or joyous mode reporting this week. But there are a couple of stories that I thought were pretty pretty cool. Uh, at the top of my list is uh, Samsung has added a new feature to the S twenty one that I think is a long time coming and that should be applied to every phone on the market, including iPhones. Uh, they've added a new phone, a new mode called repair mode. Now you've probably, if you've been unlucky enough to have to send in a phone for service or even take a, an iPhone to the Apple store. Well, what happens to the data that's on the phone? Uh, what happens to the, the, what happens to your privacy? Because you've got technicians that are going to have it for days or maybe a week. They're going to have to have access to, you're going to have to unlock it for them. They're going to have access to everything. And so what do you do? Do you wipe the phone before you send it in? And then when it comes back, uh, do we'll go through all the process of restoring it? So uh, Samsung has created this new repair mode that you can activate through settings that uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quote from the press release here, quote, you won't be able to access your personal data such as photos, messages, and accounts, and anyone with the phone will only use the default installed apps. So as a result, 
the, the repair technicians will have enough access to the phone to check out that it works, to check out that the basic apps have function, but they won't be able to see any personal data. It'll be almost like a brand new phone. And when you get it back, you will be able to simply uh, reauthenticate with your uh, PIN or your uh, or biometrics or anything like that. And then suddenly, boom, zip, uh, it'll be right back to all your photos, all your contacts, all your messages will be right back where they were. Yeah, this is a long time, long time coming. I, I can't believe that Apple didn't think of this first. Maybe it's because of their idea that, you know, iPhones never break or something like that. But yeah, this is something that uh, Google should certainly steal and everybody should steal. Now, uh, let me talk about the Pixel Buds Pro. We've been talking about this off and on for the past uh, few weeks. Uh, the good news is that it's been getting a lot of great reviews. So uh, it really does seem as though Google has a big winner here. People are complimenting the sound quality. Uh, people are complimenting the fit, the function, the form, the features. It's uh, They're even saying that it's uh, better than even the Apple Air- AirPods Pro, although there has to be an asterisk next to that because the iPods Pro have not been uh, – the AirPods Pro have not been updated in three years. So uh, it <laughs> stands to reason that the Apple will come up with a new version sometime in September, and we'll see how well uh, the Pixel Buds Pro compare to that. But after years of, uh, shall we say, underperforming – Pixel Buds, it's great to see Google truly have a winner. Uh, I'm still very happy with my Pixel Buds A, uh, and I think that the reason why I'm still holding off on upgrading to the Pro is that noise cancellation, which is the biggest feature uh, by far of the Pixel Buds Pro, isn't that big for me. I have the silicon uh, ear tips onto it, and that seals off enough of the outside noise that it pretty much does the job for me. But the thing is, it also what I love about the, the Pixel Buds A is that it has that little extra little uh, silicon little whip that kind of nestles into the folds of your ear that helps to really hold it in there securely without you having to just jam it deep into the canal. And I just wish that the Pixel Buds Pro had that too. That would make it so much easier to buy. But again, uh, as happy as one can be for a company that makes $2 trillion more than your company makes, I'm happy for for, for Google for having something that people are actually enjoying and really uh, delivers the business. Uh, but there's another shade to this where – so. Uh, Google doesn't have the same arrangement of uh, of Google stores as Apple has. I think they have two at this point. One, the flagship as it is, is in, is in uh, Chelsea area of uh, New York City, the building that Google owns and that uh, Google has their, uh, their New York headquarters in. And so uh, uh, interesting development. They have uh, booted out Google Stadia. The, the game streaming platform from this shuttered in glass walled aquarium style like demo area that they've always had. And they've replaced it with a demo area for the Pixel Buds Pro. Now, uh, I'm going to echo what I'm sure y- uh, your uh, reaction was when you heard about the idea of, oh, so I can go to the New Yorkers can come into the Pixel to the uh, Chelsea store and try out these in your ear, <laughs> fully wireless earbuds. Your reaction was probably. Ew. And then later on, ew. Okay, they have certainly thought about how icky the idea of sharing earbuds with random strangers are going to be. So, uh, yes, there is, uh, you, you, you uh, can and should uh, clean these off with alcohol at a special station. They also have little packets of, repl- get grab a fresh pair of ear tips uh, to install on them. I'm guessing that there's going to be someone from Google in there to essentially reset these things for you. 
Uh, I also think that the next time I'm in New York City, I'm going to go in there and just to grab <laughs> extra sets of ear tips. If there if there's just like a bucket where you can just sort of stick your hand in and grab them, because those are those are useful items, no matter what brand of earbuds that you have. Um, but yeah, they've they've got it laid out according to the pictures I've seen, like a New York City subway, which makes it I don't know if it's as attractive that hey I'm going to be sharing earbuds with somebody on a New York City subway. Uh, you're not enhancing the, the the presentation here, but I'm, of course the whole point is to create a noisy environment so that you can see how well the uh, noise cancellation actually works. So, uh, but th- what does this say about uh, about Stadia? Stadia. We almost have to remind ourselves that it's still a, th- a thing. I think that Google has to remind themselves that Google Stadia is still a thing. Uh, from this huge rollout that they had promising that, oh, my God, we're going to be around this AAA gaming to deliver to the home home consoles that don't even have consoles. And it's going to re- we're going to be on the same footing as Xbox and PlayStation. And now they're almost embarrassed that it exists it's it's uh, sort of like HBO's attitude towards the Batgirl movies. Like, yeah, let's pretend this never happened. Uh, as a matter of fact, there are really, really active rumors that Google is going to be discontinuing the Stadia. That uh, really, it's just going to be for like white box uh, streaming of uh, white box stream games, as opposed to a a platform that game developers will be targeting uh, for all their AAA titles. Uh, there, so it's such a wild rumor, and Google is apparently so concerned about it that a user actually was on Twitter and actually like asked a question of the Google official Google Stadia Twitter account, asking, "Hey, what about these rumors?" And it would have been suspicious if they didn't respond to this, but they did say, and I'm quoting here: "Stadia is not shutting down. Rest assured, we're always working on bringing more great games to the platform and Stadia Pro." So that's really great to know. I'm not sure that I'm going to be investing fifty or sixty dollars in a Stadia controller. I, I, I still think we're very much in wait and see territory with it. So, uh, at what point do you cut your losses and say that we aim for the stars? We landed in Delaware. No offense to anybody in Delaware, but the Delaware. You know what? I, I, you know, I live in Southern New England. Southern New England is also not if you're aiming for the stars where you want to wind up, it's not terrible. It's not, you're, you're not in trouble or anything like that, but definitely not exactly what you're hoping to include in your next Christmas letter. If your last year's Christmas letter was, Hey, we're going to be aiming right for the stars. I'll we'll be celebrating new year's Eve on Mars. Uh, yeah. Not, not quite what, uh, what Google Stadia has hit up with. Uh, speaking of other, uh, positive, but also good opportunity for me to talk about personal disappointments and Google products. Uh, Chromecast with Google TV is now supporting Nest cameras, including the Nest doorbell cameras. So uh, they've added the uh, they, they've added this feature where you don't have to download anything, you don't have to upgrade anything. It's just simply being pushed out to your Chromecast with Google TV. Uh, it's not an app or anything. It's now done with voice co- voice commands. You uh, pick up the voice remote and say which device you want to stream the live feed from your video doorbell to. For example, just say, quote, show me the front door camera, unquote, to see your doorbell feed, which is nice. Uh, but it means that I had to re- to test it out. I had to go go to my phone and remind myself what I actually named my Nest doorbell uh, because I am one of those stupid people who tries to be clever when they're sitting and naming naming hardware devices it would be very very simple to call it front doorbell did i know name it front doorbell of course i did not i'm not going to say what i named it because it is too nerdy for even me to acknowledge in a public forum um but it does mean that i have to remember this if i want to do this now i'm still disappointed because oh i still 
need that feature where the doorbell rings and I quickly pick up my phone. I get uh, a live view without having to touch anything, without having to navigate any sort of interface. And I can quickly post a response to say, hey, I'm on my way. Don't walk away. Uh, don't, don't leave a door tag for me. It might take me uh, 38 seconds to get from my office uh, to the front door and stuff like that. I, don't, I still think it's almost malfeasance that they haven't included a feature like that, that I still have to tap on an alert, open up another experience, and then find the button to actually do things. It, clearly, this is the very definition of override everything that's going on in this phone. Give me an immediate interface to do things that I want to do exactly right now. I mean, thank goodness they don't have like a, a smart fire extinguisher because – God, it'd be, you'd be able to tell the fire department that, yes, I was able to set off the fire extinguishers eight minutes after I fled the house because, unfortunately, there was a series of passcodes, updates, uh, drop-down menus, and, and other things I had to go through in order to you know, just give me the button. Give me a button that says reply to this person. Now, the other, the other complaint that I have to say is that where's the support for Nest speakers? You know, where, where's the su- support for Chromecast speakers? And unlike the prom, and, uh, Google made only the vaguest of promises about how doing away with the Nest app when they acquired Nest would be replaced with Google Home. But they actually promised us that at some point, uh, Chromecast with Google TV would be able to use my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, my Google Nest Max, uh, my Google uh, Home Max speakers as dedicated sophisticated direct connection, intimate connection to the Chromecast devices. Instead, I still have to connect them as Bluetooth devices, which seems absolutely nuts. And it also means that I can't connect them as a paired set of stereo speakers. So it's, it's just annoying. It's, it's not as though they, 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 they spit in their hands, shook my hand and promised me a thousand dollars if they failed to ship it by August. But nonetheless, that was one of the marquee features of this thing that, Hey, you, this plus our nest speakers makes a wonderful home stereo or home theater setup. Yes, it would. And I'm still waiting for that feature. Why, why are you not giving us an update? Why are you giving us uh, smart glasses that we can't buy? <laughs> That's I'm very proud of you for having made these things, but I want the ability to connect intimately of my Chromecast with Google TV and my Nest speakers. Now, the last thing is not uh, in terms of personal complaints. Now that's, this is not Google's fault. This is my fault. Um, I, on Apple podcasts, you might've, if you've been listening, you might've heard me complain about the remote for the Apple TV saying, Oh God, it's not, it's so not only is it tiny and slim, but it's like, uh, it's all black. So yes, guess what? I'm never, it's, uh, it's going to disappear inside my, uh, inside the sofa when I'm watching in the dark, I'm never going to find it again. And of course that, that is true. So I wish someone would finally make like a white remote or a light colored remote. And Google said, Oh, well, this is the one wish we are going to grant you too bad. Too bad. You didn't choose something better than simply a white remote. That would be so easy for you to spray paint yourself, but Hey, you made the wish. We're going to grant it to you. And I was glad for it. Uh, and now a year later, uh, the buttons are kind of grubby looking. They're not, they're not disgusting. They're not filthy. It's just that the, the white plastic of the body of the remote is still white and, and, and clean and looks nice. It's just these uh, pebbly textured uh, push buttons that are on the remote are now like a dingy gray. And I don't know what to do about it. Month after month, I keep thinking about, I should probably just like take the thing apart remove the actual physical buttons and uh, like dip them in peroxide, whatever the solution that uh, vintage computer collectors use to retro brighter, re uh, 
rewind the uh, discoloration of uh, the plastics on uh, vintage electronics and computers because yeah it's getting harder and harder to i, I either it, it's not quite even enough for me to pretend to people that oh no no is there special gray buttons on a white background and i feel as though i need to address that so i do have to do a lot of preparation before i do that uh, before i attempt to take this apart obviously this thing was not designed to be taken apart so I, it, I could break the plastic tabs that hold these two pieces of the cases together by taking it apart and trying to put them back together. And I might wind up having to buy a replacement remote anyway. And if I'm going to buy a replacement remote anyway, well, they will come with white buttons and I don't have to deal with this problem. I will have like a, a, a spare. So I'll have a fancy remote to like uh, to put out when there are guests coming over. You know, just like like it'll. I'll probably have to put some plastic over there. I don't know something like that, but. So uh, I don't know what to do. See, but the other thing that's encouraging me to actually take apart this remote and solve the problem myself is that if I have the buttons taken apart anyway, I'm going to put like a big, like thick strip of tape over the Netflix button. Yes, uh, Netflix paid whatever it cost to get a dedicated button on the Google Chromecast with Google TV remote. And I can tell you, I have never pushed that button except by accident. I've the only time that that button button has ever been pushed by me is when I'm I shift in my chair or I shift in the bed, shift s h i f t in the bed, and suddenly I'm not I'm no longer watching this great movie that I've got on Plex or on YouTube. I'm suddenly looking at the Netflix logo, and it annoys me so much. I just need to disable this button permanently. Earlier on, I kind of solved this problem partially by installing a piece of software. A piece of Android software that lets you remap the buttons to do other things. So I could, at the time, remap the Netflix button to make it into a, a Plex button, which would have been more useful. But the thing is, every time you restart it, or there, there are times when that that app like no longer stays resident, and so suddenly the Netflix button once again is the Netflix button. So I would much rather just disable it completely, just cement it over, <laughs> pretend that it never existed. And just move on with my life because, oh my God, I just, I hate it when technology does something automatically for me and I can't tell it to not do that thing. Especially what it means that right at the worst possible point to interrupt uh, aliens is the worst time to interrupt aliens. I'm suddenly looking at Netflix and an ad for a TV show from Korea that I'm sure is a great Korean TV show, but I'm not interested in Korean soap operas right now. I'm interested in seeing if Ripley and Newt managed to escape from the aliens on the settlement. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. That, that, that's pretty much all that I want to talk about. There, there's some other cool stuff that we could talk about, but I think I'm going to save that for next week. Uh, for instance, there was an all-hands meeting shortly after last week's episode at Google of Sundar Pichai talking to all 170,000 worldwide employees, kind of underscoring his idle comments of about a month earlier before the big uh, quarterly results call, saying that we're going to have to focus, we're going to have to streamline, we're going to become more efficient, we're going to have to focus on the things that we're, we're meant to do and get rid, of, get rid of all these things that are holding us down. And yeah, that's another thing that would make anybody who is self-conscious who works at Google thinking that, yeah, my job isn't going to be here in eight months, is it? Uh, but that's something we should talk about in greater depth next time, next week with flow in the as part of the conversation 
Well, when we come back for the next break, uh, let's take a look at this YouTube video that Apple posted uh, to answer the, the troubling questions that Android users might have about switching to the iPhone. We'll be right back. This week, Apple posted a brand new video to their official YouTube account called Switching to iPhone, All Your Questions Answered. And it's a pretty good little tidy little video, four and a half minutes, that rounds up the most popular questions that would be on an Android user's mind if they were considering switching to an iPhone. And obviously, that's pretty timely given that it's now August and in about a month's time, Apple will be announcing and releasing the iPhone 14. So good time to start laying the groundwork for that kind of stuff. So I thought that I would do, well, not a reaction video, but the, let's, let's, let's have a live commentary track as we watch this. Uh, there's some interesting parts about the video and some painful parts to watch if you are an Android user trying to defend your platform of choice against some very, very well-reasoned and well-delivered <laughs> comments. Here we go. Okay, we're opening on an establishing shot of an Apple flagship store. Although we got to pause it right away because right in the first like three seconds, not saying they're lying, but there's some misrepresentation happening here. There, so you start off with an establishing shot of this beautiful like corner entrance to this beautiful Marvel multi-story building uh, with a beautiful illuminating and beckoning Apple logo in the in the uh, in the top uh, top above the uh, glass doors, and then you sweep into this absolutely gorgeous space of an Apple store. No, no fault on the architecture, no fault on the design. Let's just point out that for whatever reason, the establishing shot and the interior shot of are of two different Apple flagship stores. The outside shot is of the flagship store in Barcelona, Spain. The interior is undoubtedly that of the flagship store in L.A., the Tower Theater, which they uh, renovated and, and reopened just last year. Uh, and let's 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 acknowledge uh, the absolute. Tr- I'm not I'm not going to. It's it's good to catch them in a lie, to catch them in deception, and basically say, you know what? We don't have to watch any of this. Apple, shame on you for trying to le- to lead Android users astray with their pack of lies. I I don't even want to promote the other lies that you're going to be telling these poor poor innocent people about your platform. I don't know. I don't know. The the, the exterior, I, I guess they probably did that because the exterior of the uh, flagship store, the Tower Theater in L.A., it's rather busy. It has like this big, big, huge, like vertical marquee on the corner and lots of flashing lights. Again, it was a former movie theater uh, that was opened in 1927, whereas the, the Barcelona flagship store, very, very clean, very, very tidy. If you just want to two or three seconds of camera pushing in through doors is probably the one you want to go with. Let's also point out that, my God, this Tower Theater store is gorgeous. Uh, as you can probably guess, it was a movie theater built as a movie theater. There, uh, The marketing people are saying it was the first movie theater in L.A. to be wired for sound pictures. Uh, and now Apple is continuing its innovation legacy of blah, blah, blah. But still, it's my goodness, this is this is the sort of stuff that any other retailer would envy. It is really a palace. It is the reason why flagship stores are so successful. You go in here and they restored the interior of this gorgeous movie palace to its original splendor. All the marble, all the plaster, all the detail, the uh, the 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 ceiling painting of uh, clouds. Uh, it's brightly lit. They managed to retain like the proscenium arch around the 
what would have been the screen. And now that's sort of like the auditorium area for like live presentations and lessons and lectures. They also preserved the balcony area of it. Obviously it's not filled with red velvet seats, but it's another seating area, another walking area. So if they want to hold uh, media events there, like if they want to, uh, if, if they, if they decide to have another U2 iPod, release this is a probably good place to have an intimate concert for bruce Springsteen, u2 or whoever they want to invite in this is definitely something that uh, as android users my goodness wouldn't it be great that every time we need to get something fixed this is where we get to go i've I've been to the chelsea store uh, chelsea google store it's lovely it's nice but this is the sort of place you go where i just have an hour and a half to kill they're inviting you to walk in, charge your phone, use the free Wi-Fi. I, I, they are so open door at that place that uh, these places that I have actually like had some time to kill, and I remembered that oh, I've got my, uh, I've got a Windows notebook in here that I've been intending to upgrade to to switch over to Linux, and I've been in an Apple store, enjoying the air conditioning, enjoying the big beautiful hewn wood tables downloading and installing a distro of Linux on a Windows machine with nothing to do with anything that Apple made. And they don't care. And it's quite, really quite lovely. So credit where credit is due. But we'll also say they are filthy, filthy, lying liars whose lying mouths are full of lies. If they are want people to think that, hey, come on into the Barcelona store and you'll see this beautiful theater entrance, this theater space. No, no, no. That's not what you'll see at all. Okay, let's let's resume now. <laughs> My goodness, I'll, we're at four and a half minutes. We've already spoken longer than the length of the video, and we're only three seconds in. I swear it'll get faster from here. Here we go. Questions. If you have an Android phone and you're curious about making we have a move, what seems I'm to be an to Apple genius. I'm going to go through some of the most searched questions and with a scroll you. Scroll of very simple You'll questions see. here. It's a simple, easy process. You can jump ahead to any topic below if you want. All right, let's begin. If I switch to iPhone, will it be easy to transfer my contacts, photos, and messages? Great question. And yep, it's easy. Yeah, that's a that's probably the first question that anybody going one direction or another would want to would want to say. So it's really really good that they're starting off with here's how you're going to be transferring everything. And just like Google, there is a, an Android app from Apple to make this happen. And here with the move to iOS you app, it. you can simply and move securely transfer app. all kinds of content to your new iPhone. Now I should say she's first, holding download- she's holding uh, a, a brand new iPhone in one hand, and she's holding a unnamed Android phone in her other hand. And yes, I did download the video <laughs> with the capture system and <laughs> went the whole Zabruder effect on to try to figure out which phone, Android phone they're using. Uh, it's in a case. I think that uh, it's also significant that the iPhone is not in a case because, oh my God, it's so gorgeous. Why would you want to hide this in a case? Apple never puts cases on the iPhones they use in demonstrations. And believe me, as they're, they're well-made phones, but... I think you still would want to have a case on it on anything you spend a thousand dollars for, uh, but I, I so I've after a lot of examination, I've come to the conclusion that this is a Pixel phone, a Pixel Four uh, A Five G, because you can see where the buttons are on the sides of the case. The you can see what the camera cutout looks like. I'm pretty sure this is uh, a, a Pixel Four A Five 
G. Uh, and so now they're just walking device. you through how then the app works. The steps to connect this your is probably Android the last your shot you're going to see of the you Android screen. What you want to transfer, like your messages, and the Android launch screen just has the five or six or seven Google popular account, apps that they're going to transfer here. That's a must. And now your WhatsApp messages too. Then once the transfer is complete, tap continue and finish setting up on your new iPhone. It's just After that, that simple. Your free apps will be downloaded from the App Store if they're available. See? Super simple. All right, next question. It does look that way. If I good, switch to iPhone, move. can I trade in my Android smartphone? For uh, sure. For Apple sure. Trading easy. Uh, if your Android phone maybe. is eligible for credit, you can use it towards the purchase of your new iPhone. Okay, that's a very, very big if. Uh, they're not just simply taking any Android phone for uh, for trade-in. There's actually a page on Apple's uh, on Apple's site that will list the uh, the limited number of phones that they will accept as trade-ins. They're all either Samsung recent Samsung Galaxy phones or fairly recent Google Pixel phones, like of the past two or three years. So yeah, don't think you can come in with your OnePlus and get anything for it. Even if it's not, Apple will still recycle it. And if <laughs> yeah, we'll be happy to throw away your phone <laughs> and give you absolutely nothing for it. Uh, and speaking of absolutely nothing for it, the that page that I mentioned also will show you up to how much money they will give you in a trade-in for this. They're, I think they're a little bit low. Um, if it was a uh, Pixel 4a 5G, they don't actually even list that as one of the phones that they'll accept on trade and they only have uh, the pixel 4a uh, and then up to the pixel 5 so the pixel 5 they're offering up to 130 dollars so i went and checked to see if i tried to get rid of a pixel 4a 5g on uh, declutter.com they were offering 180 dollars for a 4a 5g in good condition so i would say that at least for the pixels there the money's a little bit soft the, on the Galaxy phones, they're they're not bad. The the difference is that with Galaxy phones, I think that they're very very aware that a lot of uh, carriers are. You can get a Galaxy S twenty one five G like for free with a with an account activation. So they're not going to give you, you know, they're not going to give you like five hundred dollars for a phone that you probably got for next to nothing. So that that's fair, unfair, but you know that's kind of. Not misleading, but something that requires an asterisk. So let's continue. Having trouble deciding which one to get, we can help you find the right one for you. I'm sure you can. Okay, what's next? If I switch to iPhone, will it hold up over time? Damn, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. iPhone is designed to be durable. It's made of high quality materials and it's extremely tough and resistant to yeah. dust, spills, and splashes. These things so are no definitely not. They're not budget phones. They're not made to make a, a low price point. They're really well made. Um, they still break if you drop them. So this is why I don't. Unless you're unless you're an Apple genius, uh, giving a demonstration for a YouTube video, put the damn thing in a case, please. Another thing I love is the great battery life. Plus, it has amazing performance, which will run smoothly for years. But a lot of this is they're really saying nothing because it's not as though the pixels aren't built very well. It's not as though the pixels don't get uh, pixels and galaxies don't get good battery life. All they're, they're basically talking about table stakes for anything that uh, any phone that doesn't come off of a retail peg in a blister pack, uh, pay to pay to pay to play. So the good news is when you want to trade it in or upgrade, your iPhone can still be valuable. OK, that is a, that is a really good point. The trade ins for the the. Uh, 
uh, iPhones hold their value extremely well, much better than uh, than Android phones. There's always going to be it's I, I I don't think that it necessarily justifies the added expense of equivalent hardware made by Apple for the iPhone, but the fact remains that you can you can come in with a three year old iPhone and still get a tremendous amount of value back, whether you're going through declutter or doing a, doing a trade in or selling it on eBay or anywhere. Whereas a lot of even Samsung phones are kind of commodity phones where there are just so many of them out there. And there's not necessarily excited demand for them that you will, you'll almost get like scrap weight value for them. Well, no, not that bad, but they certainly aren't going to hold their value as well as an iPhone. So good point there. If I switch to iPhone, Will it be reliable? No, of course it won't. Absolutely. Oh, that is so right. I'm sorry. I'm just playing. <laughs> You'll be the first to die. You've made a powerful enemy today. Yeah, they had a they had a funny little joke about the about the reloading uh, buffering sort of gag. Yeah, iPhone's reliable software helps prevent crashing. You see, some phone manufacturers get their software elsewhere, meaning updates can get delayed and potentially uh, make devices less dependable. Yeah, this is the first thing that I would say close to baloney because they're going to make they're about to make a much better point that's kind of related to this, but reliability is not really an issue. It's not as though you have crashed. I, I can't remember the last time that I even tested an Android phone that kept crashing on me. And it's not as though the iPhones and other iOS devices I've used haven't crashed. The, the difference is that the all you don't see a, a blue screen of death and a little bomb icon. What you see is suddenly you're back at the launcher and it just bounced. It just rebounds the, the app. And that's that's all it goes. I don't think this is a really good explanation apple has always made both the hardware and the software but yeah making the hardware and software together and is a very big deal faster because this is why I, come direct. this is why i buy pixel phones because i really think there's a big advantage to uh the operating system the hardware and now the cpu is being designed by the same company that's a huge advantage for apple from apple bring us to our next question if i switch to iphone will it get the latest updates dun 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 of course yeah. This is another big thing Android users would love about owning an iPhone. Yeah, absolutely right. Your new iPhone comes with the latest operating system right out of the box. And it can still get updates straight from Apple, even as it gets older. Yep. For example, iOS 15 is still compatible with iPhone 6S, which came out nearly six years before. Plus, you can get automatic iOS updates. Boom. Yeah, that's, that, that is a maximum damage hit there. There's There are things about Android that, that Android will never be able to compete with with Apple. It will always be at a disadvantage because of limited number of updates. There, they should. Apple is very correct to say that. Hey, look, if you bought a if you bought an iPhone six five or six years ago, it still runs the latest operating system. Certainly not with all the features, but it runs the latest operating system. Whereas. Uh, we're here in the Android space. We're all throwing our hats in the air and dancing hallelujah that, oh, my God, now you're you're actually going to be giving us security updates for five years. And, OK, no, we won't get operating systems for uh, for three or four years. But, hey, look, it won't be junk in two or three years time. We used to be going kind of year to year. So, yeah, that is a very, very big deal. Now, one smaller point that sometimes gets lost in the conversation is that the way that Apple updates their system software and the way that Android, uh, Google pushes out uh, system software, very, very different mechanisms that Apple does, though, 
usually like the one big Hail Mary release every September with the launches of the new phones and some periodic releases and maintenance releases and bug fixes as, as they go. Whereas there is the core of Android that, yeah, you do have to hope that Samsung or, uh, or Google or whatever the maker of your phone is going to update, uh, update the, uh, their version of their, their OS for your particular hardware. You Sometimes have to hope that AT&T and Verizon and your carriers are going to push that update out to your phone as well. However, most of the big heavy lifting stuff is actually being done through the Google Play Store these days. So it's not as though you're totally dependent on uh, Google uh, update supporting your phone, Samsung supporting your phone, your carrier supporting your phone. It's not as bad as that, but nonetheless, this is significant hit point damage uh, <laughs> on this section of the video. Or choose when to update. Oh, we can update right now. Actually, I'll do this later. Yeah. We still have some more stuff have to, to cover. Let's keep going. No, no, don't if update. I switch no. to iPhone, okay, how will my personal info be protected? This is a great question that's important to everyone. Yeah, iPhone is, is designed question. from the ground up to protect your privacy and give you control over your information. Yeah. It comes with privacy features like mail privacy this protection, signing with Apple, and app tracking transparency, just to name a few. Yeah, this implies that uh, Android phones and the Android operating system is not built with privacy and security in mind, which is, of course, baloney. Uh, they're also promoting features that are, again, pretty much table stakes for anything. Uh, the one thing that is super important is the, uh, again, the app, tra- app privacy, uh, app, the app. Bleh. I'm going to leave that in so people see how much I can fumble for my words when I'm trying to make things up as I go and comment on videos. Uh, yeah, app tra- app tracking pri- app tracking privacy, that's a big, big deal. I wish it were a function that Google really put in emphatically uh, ac- across the board on Android, but we're not going to have that. But no, uh, I, I, it's this is a little bit fishy, I'll say. Because it's your information. So what you share should be up to you. And next question. If I switch to iPhone, will I get support from Apple? Totally. I mean, iPhone is easy to use right out of the box, but just in case, you can always get the support you need just the way you want it. Yeah, that's pretty, it is pretty cool that once again, I can, yeah, I think I'll go to a movie palace (laughs) to get some help with this phone or get some, uh, some, some help with this uh, broken screen or this, this puffy battery or whatever. Uh, That's much better than I'll mail it off to Google and hope that I get it back before I lose my entire life because I don't have my phone with me. Right on your iPhone, you can call or chat with a real person in iMessage, all without the upselling. Yeah. If you're looking, there's also there's also that there is a lot of built-in help to uh, to Google from Google built into Android, especially if you do buy Pixel. Uh, but yeah, Apple support is really really good. For helpful resources or want to learn about how to get the most out of your new iPhone, you can also check out the Tips app, send us a tweet at Apple Support, or use the Apple Support app. And if you like, you can go from talking to real people online to real people in the Apple store. They're here to help you with anything you need, even yep. if you don't have an iPhone yet. It's just a good, I, I, I want to go for this again. It's just a fun place to hang out. You know, uh, there are times where I'll take a later train, not because I'm excited about being in the Apple store, but because there are things I want to do. And there's, I just kind of want to decompress a little bit before heading home. And these are even when you get to the non-flagship stores, they're pleasant places to be from the very, very beginning when these were uh, opened in the 90s, when Apple was still trying to come back off the ropes. These were like uh, uh, these were embassies for Apple. 
And they're st- even though Apple is now like the most valuable tech company in the world, or most valuable company in the world, they still are building these beautiful embassies everywhere they go. Not everybody has access to them, which is why these phone, uh, these phone support, excuse me, these apps, app-based support and uh, text-based support are so important. But yeah, I, I envy that deeply. So those are the most searched questions about the switching process. Yeah. All in all, a pretty, a, a very, a very good, very good phone, a very good video. If you still have more questions about switching, check out because some of the resources in the short, description below. It really does Thanks address, it really does address the most important things. And really, if, if anything, just, just the ability to have these spaces, to have this beautiful tower theater store as, as, as a representation of what the Apple world is like, <laughs> the, uh, the, you, uh, the the Google Store, it's lovely. It's fine. It's just not a destination in any way. I just wish that that Google really did decide that hey, we're gonna we're gonna knock through the ceiling. We're gonna make a beautiful, wonderful space with all kinds of technology demos. That's gonna be like going to the Exploratorium only for free and with the best Wi-Fi you've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, so so a good video. I don't think there were any real lies here. Uh, there are some things they could have sharpened up on, and it is. Kind of damn weird that they didn't just use the external <laughs> display of the tower theater. Maybe another part of it was that they want to use the same sort, the same video for everywhere internationally, and they can't have English text all the way uh, up the side of the building when they cut to the person inside who's speaking a different language. Eh, who knows? Well, I think that about covers it for this week. Florence Ion will be back with us next week again, probably with lots of cool stuff to talk about given the assignment that she was on this week. It was pretty pretty cool uh if you want to read her stuff obviously go to gizmodo where she is a staff reporter writing about all kinds of cool stuff and all measures of technology you can also follow her on twitter at oh that flow or go to flowrights.tech for her main sort of hub experience of uh, the the worldwide flowness you can also check me out on twitter and instagram at inatko i-h-n-a-t-k-o i'm inviting you to not check out inatko.com because i'm switching to a new server this week and it's probably going to look all goofy and stupid uh but you can speaking of goofy and stupid you can also go to wgbhnews.org to hear my uh, regular tech news segments uh, for boston's wgbh npr station we also have a video of all that up on wgbh's youtube channel so you can see what i look like uh, when i do know i'm going to be on video and i am gussied up all particular like so thank you so much everybody for listening to us this week we hope you listen to us again next week until then have a happy safe and healthy seven days bye-bye <laughs>